This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And welcome uh, to a very Star Wars rambling corner with me. You're <laughs> mostly talking, Annie. I hope you'll interject, Samantha. <laughs> oh, no, I love this. We missed you <laughs> for people who are listening uh, chronologically. We missed you yesterday. And I said you may be gone doing a Star Wars thing. So I'm going to say this is your, your bit. <laughs> I'm just going to say you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel bad. I am sorry. I no, actually... No. I'm going to detail the whole thing oh, are in an upcoming happy hour, probably a couple of weeks from now. But it has been a, a journey, uh, as Samantha knows, to get a new refrigerator in my apartment. <laughs> and uh, it came to a head yesterday, and it's still not done. So. It's still not finished. It's no. been a, to be fair, you have drugged this out for about six months now. Yes, but now I feel <laughs> validated because everyone's like, oh, I see why you waited so long. Yes, there is that level of you waited this long, but oh my God. That's funny. It's ridiculous. And um, my solution is to go buy a house. <laughs> I'm on the edge, Samantha. I'm on the edge. And part of it is Star Wars related because as I said, I have so much Star Wars stuff. It's so much. So much. Yes, I do. I But I also want to apologize because the reason we're doing this is, is a very haphazard episode yes. that I threw together is because you were so stressed with this mm -hmm. religious series that you've done such a great job on, you've done so much research on, but it's like really heavy stuff. Right. And you said to me, like, please just do something with Star <laughs> Wars, talk about something you love. I was yes. like, okay. <laughs> I was like, we need, we need a break in all of the sadness because not only did we do all the trauma stuff, which the last two really heavily weighed on rape culture and, yeah. and abuse culture. Then I did the whole, we did the whole Monday Mini on the awful sayings of awful men. I was like, man. We need a break. Can you put in something <laughs> cheerful? You love Star Wars. Let's do Star Wars. It's around that time anyway. Come on. 
<laughs> yes, it is around that time. But I, I feel kind of bad, though, because it's like you're doing all this heavy stuff and you're like, now you talk about Star Wars, which is just something I love to do. So it doesn't feel quite even, but I, I here I am. No, no. It gives me a break and I love seeing you happy. That fills me with joy as well. Okay. Good. <laughs> Good. Uh, because yes, May the 4th, we are actually recording this the day it's supposed to come out. We'll see if that happens. If it doesn't, I do not blame Christina. It is all of my faults. Uh, but And mine. Mostly mine this time. Sometimes it's you. Sometimes it's me. Well, usually it's me. Usually it's me. <laughs> Let's just really be real honest. <laughs> well, either way, it's not Christina's fault. We'll say that. <laughs> Never. Um, but yes, we recorded this on May the 3rd. It's supposed to come out May the 3rd. And that is the eve of May the 4th, Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you, which has been around since the 80s. We talked about it, the history of it, in, I believe, our Princess Leia episode, which we will be rerunning two-parter uh, soon. So very excited about that. Um, Also, there's Revenge of the Fifth, and also there's an entire calendar called This is the May. So it's kind of sprawled out of control, Um, which is interesting, because I remember when I was growing up, it was like not a thing you said unless you want to be made fun of. And now, and now, uh, it's It's so cool. I don't know if it's cool, but it's accepted. Um, I mean, the first time I celebrated was coming into uh, iHeart or stuff. Mom never told you how stuff works, and y'all were actually doing a thing, and I was very confused. It's like, what's happening? What's happening? Yes, and hilariously (laughs) enough, uh, our good coworker and friend, uh, Ben Jester, who helps us with ads and a bunch of other things, um, who Samantha likes to annoy and I enjoy watching from from the side. Love to annoy him. Um, He's big into throwing parties at our uh, new office. Um, And he asked me about throwing a May the 4th one. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's probably. And then like a month before, I was like, actually, I made a huge mistake because we're all nerds and we all already have plans. Um, So (laughs) we can't do it. (laughs) This time I'm a part of those plans. I'm so excited. We're going to go see The Empire Strikes Back in yeah. the theaters. I think I haven't seen it in theaters since 1997. Whoa. So oh, I'm excited I'm, then. I'm very, very excited. I'm already planning my like subtle cosplay that I'm going to wear. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. Which, by the way, I also just spent two and a half hours changing out of all of my Luke Skywalker costumes for a TikTok video. <laughs> that dear Joey uh, asked for, and I'm sure did not realize what it would entail. <laughs> I know the, the the things that I would need to do. I'm like, oh, I have to figure that stuff out because I am not prepared. But I do love that. <laughs> it was quite the thing. So I'm 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 flustered for a lot of reasons. I bet you can hear it in the audio. It was fun. Um, I haven't gotten to wear some of those costumes forever, but I I was making notes. I was like, what shall I wear tomorrow? I like it. Yes, uh, and a uh, friend of the show, Marissa, <laughs> uh, hung out with me all weekend in a very glorious, hilarious, failed attempt to get Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, no, y'all didn't make it. We didn't, but I wish oh. I had made a podcast of her, to be honest, descent into madness. Oh, um, no. <laughs> it was hilarious. She was just like shouting randomly like, what is the meaning of life? <laughs> It was so good. I want you to know my partner who actually worked those shows was trying his best to figure out how to sneak her in there. I, I believe it. And she was he very was. grateful. Um, <laughs> and he called us a couple of times. He did, and it was very delightful. 
Yes. He was like, I'm trying. Maybe I could switch days. I was like, I don't think, because they had to do a whole NDA and all of that. So I'm like, I don't think they're going to let you do that. (laughs) No, 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 no. I don't think so. But I appreciate the effort. Um, But... Uh, in between our hunt for these tickets, uh, we went to go see Return of the Jedi in theaters because this is the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. Um, that was the, I think the first time I've seen that one in theaters since 1997. They did play the 1997 version, which I'm sure they'll do tomorrow as well. Um, and I'll be very annoying about it just for a second and then I'll leave it alone. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was it was so fun. I mean, I know to you this is no surprise, but I was... I was shocked at how excited I got. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> we're watching it in theaters. Um, I'm excited. It was cool. It was really cool. And there were a bunch of uh, kids there, like people with their families and kids. And that made me happy that, you know, it was passing on through generations. And we were all having a good, we were all having a good time. It was very, very cool. Yes. Um, so I'm excited. I am excited. Um, but I'm just going to go through some random thoughts that I have because I do have a lot of thoughts and so this one's a bit messier but I think it'll still be fun uh I wanted to start with some thoughts around um solo because we were originally thinking about doing solo the movie Mm -hmm. a star wars adventure but I think we should still do it I was hesitating because it would it's not like a very feminist (laughs) movie right (laughs) but it's one of the few we haven't done before you get out into like the Ewok movies. Uh, Which we talked about too. We have talked about those as well. We have. um, Because we did like the prequel trilogy as one episode. We did the original trilogy and then we did the sequel trilogy. So we could break those out. We did Rogue One, which was hilarious. Um, But we haven't done Solo. Uh, I remember seeing Solo in theaters and I went with my good friend Katie and we had a really good time, but at the it wasn't it's not that it wasn't well reviewed. It got like decent reviews, but everyone was pretty mad about the actor who's playing Han Solo that it wasn't Harrison Ford. And it didn't do great box office. And if you see a lot of conversation now about this is why they don't recast legacy actors, like why Mark Hamill was still Luke Skywalker in The Mandalorian or Book of Boba Fett, they'll say it's because of this, because they tried it and it didn't work. And there's the people like to argue about it. Um, I have my own thoughts, but that's just something that comes up a lot when you talk about Solo. Um, so one thing I find really interesting about this movie, though, and our friend Holly, major Star Wars fan, is the one who kind of turned me on to it is that Kira, who is uh, Han's love interest in that, is sort of the roadmap of his whole issues around commitment and around trust and all of this stuff. Because I was saying, like, I kind of don't get Han and Leia's relationship other than I think she's attracted to danger and or they just were like, put her with that guy. (laughs) I've heard heard takes on it that I, I... from people who do think they're a good couple or think like, here's why it makes sense. And I've, I've, I've been like nodding my head along like, oh, okay, I see that. But generally for me, I was always kind of like, huh, interesting. Um, but Holly made some great points about, you know, this being, he had this, what he thought was the love of his life. And then she shows back up and she's working with this criminal syndicate. She doesn't 
he doesn't know if he can trust her. And then she leaves at the end. Um, I will say I really, really love Kira as a yeah. character. Yeah, she's a good character. I really do. I think she's great. In the comics, uh, she fights Darth Vader and doesn't die. <laughs> like she's Whoa. she's bad. I really love her. I'm planning on doing um, a fictional woman around the world on her. But she's just she's a very capable person, and I, I liked how she kind of knew uh, all these. She had all these connections and things, and she does meet Leia in the comics and they're kind of funny where they have these conversations complaining about Han and <laughs> like there's some tensions but they connect over it yeah 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 it I was like really that. I liked it a lot too um and then I, I totally forgot about this I know I've mentioned it before on here um but there is that whole conversation with L3 who is sort of the feminine droid um, <laughs> yes. Uh, the one that Lando. Uh, he, okay, Lando. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I, I was connecting the dots. Got you it. were. You were. Yes. Gotcha. I'm there. Uh huh. And the kind of their their whole relationship. I did like L3 as well. Um, but then she becomes kind of the Nava computer of the Millennium Falcon, which is strange. Strange. Okay. <laughs> um, and as you know, me and my friends have had conversations of, does that mean Lando is Millennium Falcon? That's, you know. <laughs> or something along those lines. Taking it a are, step too far. These are the questions that we must discuss. Uh, <laughs> there's also uh, Fandy Newton is in it, and she plays Val, who's sort of the, like, second in command to Woody Harrelson in this band of kind of thieves. But she doesn't have like a super major role. You have uh, Ari Kellyman who plays Infus Nest, who is sort of the leader of the the people who have lived on that planet at the end, with red hair, the really red hair and all that stuff. So those are sort of the characters that stood out to me in terms of women in that movie. I will say one of my biggest pet peeves, and I know I would do the same thing, so it's very hypocritical. I hate how John Favreau is multiple big characters like if like a cameo voice is fine but he's like more than one i don't like that i don't like it um, <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> thank you for backing me up you're not wrong uh, oh, why does he get to be like two major whatever all right <laughs> um <laughs> this does bring me to something that i call Han Solo syndrome. And I'm not sure I've ever been able to articulate it really well, but basically when A New Hope came out, the reaction from a lot of people was, oh, we really like Han Solo. Like he's kind of this smuggler character. He's the one we're really into. And so in my opinion, that's why the whole who shot first debate rages on is because George Lucas cannot let go that, oh, this is the character people connected to. Is he a good guy? Is he more of a bad guy? Did he shoot first? Did he whatever, whatever. Always rehashing this argument. But I do think one of the other things about Han Solo is in the first, in A New Hope, he was not meant to be a great pilot. 
They definitely changed that, but he was supposed to be more of a con man. Like, he's trying to trick them into thinking he's a really good pilot. And that's like when he's like, made the Kessel run in 12 parsecs, and everyone's like, that's not a measure of time. It was supposed to be kind of on purpose. <laughs> like, he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's, I know some people will probably argue with me, but it is in the novelization of A New Hope. It's made clear he is like bull his way through this. And I think that's a funny, like, fun story. And it turns out he is a pretty good pilot. And I always love the joke of poor Darth Vader, poor Darth Vader being like, what is this old van that shot me in the ass? Like, where did this come from? (laughs) Essentially, like this old rickety van. But because people loved him so much and then he became such a legend, I think the whole solo movie is trying to prove like he was a great pilot the whole time. Here is the Kessel Run. Here is what he did. And I feel like that can be a good, I feel like that can be a really fun thing when we have to explain everything in fandom, but I also feel like it can be a really detrimental thing when we feel like we have to explain everything in fandom. Yeah, that's fair. I liked the movie, don't get me wrong. I just kind of feel like we didn't really need to rehash that. Can we not just say maybe he was bullshitting and that's a part of his character? Yes. (laughs) Yes, thank you. There's also something I call... Harrison Ford syndrome, which is the kind of going back to you, only this one actor can play this, which I have my thoughts on and I'm not going to go into them. But I do think like a lot of his uh, hesitation to play this character has shaped a lot of uh, storylines, which is, you know, if he doesn't want to play the character, he doesn't want to play the character, that's fine. But it is, it's just kind of interesting because it's shaped so many of the major key points of uh, Star Wars movies. So that's something I think about too. I also forgot to mention, I think, that this movie, when this came out, this one got accused of a lot of queer baiting because there was a a moment in the trailer that very much implied that like Lando and Han might have a thing. Yeah. Romantically. I remember that. I remember that was a whole conversation. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, okay, those are sort of my condensed thoughts on Solo. I do think we should come back and do it one day, but this week has just been madness. Madness. (laughs) Absolute madness. (laughs) The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? (laughs) Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand. Temp to hire part time or full time. You name the position. 
warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I was going to, I kind of joked with you. I was like, I really want to talk about religious trauma in Star Wars. <laughs> that would be fitting. <laughs> and which I said, that's you. That's all on you. <laughs> and you're about like, I'm not really sure that's what I was looking for, but it, yeah, if you want. But there is a lot of religious trauma. <laughs> no, no. I, su- I support it. I support it. I think in, in, in like modern media, absolutely, there's a lot of conversation. We can talk about different movies and fiction that definitely delves into it, especially when it comes to like, uh, hero worship, as well as uh, bad and evil. All of that goes into play. And then we mm-hmm. talk about, like, actual supernatural stuff. I feel like sci-fi and uh, fantasy really delves into a lot of that. But that, again, that's on you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Not today, but I am ready. Because now we're moving into the holiday special. Oh, yes. And dear listeners, this is how desperate Samantha was to not talk about yeah. religious trauma for a minute. She was like, I'll, I'll watch the holiday I'll special. I'll actually watch this with you, which I left halfway through. I was like, I'm not doing this. And I, I still, away. You have to watch the B. Arthur part one day, okay? Uh, it was like after the fantasy dancing scene yeah. and grandpa watching some type of weird porn. I was like, I, mm, yeah. nope, I'm done. I'm done. And watching yes. porn in front of his grandson, I was like, I gotta go. <laughs> this is not for me. <laughs> I don't know uh, why not. <laughs> it's, a, it's a strange saying. one. <laughs> Which, by the way, I know some people have asked where to find it. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, find it while you can, because I have no doubt it will get taken down one day. But it's called the nice copy, I think. The nice version. Holiday special, Star Wars holiday special. It'll come up. It's got millions and millions of views. Uh, but be prepared. Be prepared. Um, <laughs> be prepared for real. <laughs> there is a documentary coming out about how it was made and how so many. How did this happen? Um, <laughs> how did this? Happen? And I really, really want to see it. It was just at South by Southwest, and they're looking for a distributor. Last I heard, but I so desperately want to see it, <laughs> even though I know the answer. And also, as I've said before. I'm pretty sure the holiday special is why we got the Empire Strikes Back because George Lucas was like, never again, <laughs> never again. <laughs> right. <decision. laughs> yes. I mean, there is a lot we can talk about with the holiday special when it comes to, to feminism, surprisingly, because I do think like, and this is so fun to describe for someone who's never seen it, but it's largely set around Chewbacca's family Mala, Itchy, and Lumpy are preparing for a life day. And Chewbacca and Han are trying to get home time so they can celebrate together. But Mala is the, the matriarch of the family. And she's the one. She's making the cookies. 
She's watching the Julia Child like special to make a bantha surprise. She's the one who's like getting the gifts. She's doing all of these things. <laughs> all of these things. That in our own, because this is definitely like their Christmas that we do expect and uh, have expected up for women to do for so long. That kind of like emotional labor we've talked about before with the holidays. She's doing it and she's doing it while presumably Chewbacca's dad is, is watching porn in the living room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Someone should have prepared me for that one. <laughs> yeah, that was my bad. Sorry. <laughs> and Chewbacca's like never around. I love Chewbacca, but he's like not He's an there. absentee father. He is very much an absentee father. Uh, and in fact, when I was, I had this plot point in our Dungeons and Dragons game. Yes, this is like such a nerdy episode. <laughs> All of the players were telling Malo, like, leave him, leave his ass. <laughs> and she did. She did. Uh, you know, more power to her, I guess. And then, yes, there is B. Arthur, who is in this. And it's one of my favorite parts. She sings a, a song you think your entire life will flash before your eyes. It's six minutes long. But <laughs> she has she has a really, like, it's kind of gross. Because it's this guy who comes in and is flirting with her. He's very handsy with her. But she's, like, firing back, not having it. And he keeps saying, like, I'll never forget the words you said to me. And the words she said to to him were essentially, like, come back again next time. And he's just interpreted it as this romantic thing, which she says it to everyone when they leave. But it is, it's kind of rewarding to see her be like, mm -mm, nope. <laughs> Do you want a drink? Then we're not talking. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But there, there's also like one part that always makes me kind of roll my eyes is when the, the, the cartoon bit where you first introduced to Boba Fett there's a poster in one of the windows and it has a woman in a bikini hanging upside down. And I'm like, why does she have to be? Uh, okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, all right. Uh, I know I've mentioned recently, I finally listened to the radio drama. It's like, I think it's 30 hours. Oh, well, wow. I also bought it. I bought the disc set. Because wow. I loved it so much. Um, wow. NPR did it and it really expands on a new hope, especially. So I know like a lot of those scenes, Samantha already said, wow, they moved on really quick. Like they don't move on as quick no. in the radio special. I really, really, really like it. It's, it's kind of a bummer how much I like it because it's such a bigger endeavor to <laughs> listen to that long of a thing. Um, but it has some really interesting stuff around Leia, especially in the, um, in A New Hope because you, one of the things that I literally never thought twice about, but a lot of fans were like, no, is that she says, you know, Alderaan is peaceful. We have no weapons. But she has a blaster. Yes. And she seems to be better yes. at it than everybody else. Yes. So the radio drama expounds upon how she got it because she, she had this fear of getting married, like being married off um, as part of a political union and especially for to somebody in the empire uh, but there was this guy who was really interested in her and from the empire and they invited him over her and uh, Bail Organa her dad 
to, they were trying to get information out of him. And he was talking about how he's going to go hunt all these endangered animals in some kind of sanctuary on Alderaan. And and then he kind of got threatening and, and was basically escalated where he was implying like he was going to turn them in and uh, they were going to be imprisoned or whatever. And Leia grabbed his blaster and killed him. And she did not mean to kill him, I don't think. <laughs> but she did kill him. And they kind of hid the body where he was going hunting and like did a whole like story around it. But that's how she got the blaster. Uh, and you did hear like her and her her father like arguing about, you know, the the weapon and, and how to deal with the Empire and the best way to deal with it. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, and then the scene where she gets tortured by Darth Vader is really interesting because essentially what happens is like they give her the drug and then it's so, it's like a suggestive drug. So Vader starts saying like, I'm your best friend. You can trust me with anything. Like you can tell me anything. Please tell me about the rebels. And then she doesn't. She was like resist. And so then he switches it to like, you were in the worst pain you've ever felt in your life. Like you've never felt anything like this. And, and then she feels it even though nothing's happening. It's just how the drug works. So it was a pretty, it was a good scene. It was upsetting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do recommend it. I do recommend it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But it, it, it was, I thought it was pretty well done. I thought it was pretty well done. Mark Hamill's in it. Uh, he does the voices, except for Return of the Jedi. He's not in that one. But And then Anthony Daniels, who does the 3PO, is in it. But then this brings me to... The section I call when your life becomes Star Wars because I'm such a big fan of Star Wars and everyone knows it uh, that I get like a lot of news alerts about it. Uh, like Google all the time is giving me these alerts. And that's how it got spoiled on some major things, actually. But uh, one that came up recently is there, once again, people are having this argument about Luke Skywalker is gay. Can't be. Um, <laughs> and like the the quote that Mark Hamill had about it is recirculating, which is that basically that character is meant to resonate with you and be interpreted by you. So quote, if you think he's gay, of course he's gay. Which is interesting. People are definitely, at least in my Star Wars circle that Google is telling me about, are having conversations about it. And then you probably saw the... Uh, they are making a new movie with Daisy Ridley, uh, John Boyega, I think, uh, Ray and Finn, called Dawn of the Jedi. And it rebooted the whole Mary Sue conversation around Ray, which I, you can listen to uh, our Mary Sue episode. I have a lot of thoughts about that. She is not a Mary Sue. Okay. <laughs> that may or may not be a whole section in our upcoming book. So just no. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, and and then just it's funny because I did have Marissa staying with me as a guest. And I was telling her how I've had to start replacing some of my items because I'm running out of space. And so, like, if I have a normal wine glass, it's getting replaced by a Star Wars wine glass. <laughs> and so... Of course it is. Okay. Because people send me these... <laughs> all the Star Wars stuff, which I love. Don't stop. I love it. 
But it is funny because I was telling her it's like my my whole life become this. Like if you didn't know me well and you came in, I don't know what you would think. I think it's um, between this and The Last of Us, though. It it's, is it's slowly coming. Like Last of Us is catching up. It is. It is. Oh, that'll be interesting. Um, <laughs> that, that will be interesting. And then also um, a part of the whole life becoming Star Wars thing is I've started to, yes, publish fan fiction. And because I am me and I had such an intense schedule, it's really intense. <laughs> I love doing it, but it's become work as well, too. <laughs> so like my yeah. time is sort of shrinking and I have to edit it. I, I It's all good stuff. Like I like doing it, but it's, I guess I'm not someone who can just not turn something into kind of work. I'm not good at it. And this is my issue with a lot of like TV shows, watching TV shows or playing games is that I turn it into kind of work. Um, But one thing I've noticed with that is what I call the romance conundrum. And that's that even though I don't necessarily like romance that much and I'm an asexual person, it still turns into romance a lot. And I'm not opposed to that at all, but I do think I saw an interesting conversation about that the other day where as much as we've had conversations about the power of friendship and stuff, there still seems to be this idea that the romantic relationship is deeper or more important, which I don't think is true at all. But I, it's, I think that a lot of that's been internalized that way. Um, so it's been interesting kind of seeing that play out in what I'm writing and what, how people comment on it. Uh, so I will have more, more to come on that. I was very tempted to just read one of my fair fiction on here, but then I didn't. I couldn't. Oh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I know you're trying to figure out my name. I can't have it. <laughs> come on now. No. Just um, a preview. <laughs> it's really good, though. That's why I was tempted. I actually am really proud of it. <sighs> maybe one day. Maybe one day. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. 
Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. And then I, I wanted to kind of close this out. We do have a, a short listener mail for you at the end, but I did want to close this out with kind of a note about the importance of taking breaks um, from heavy work stuff that uh, you've been doing that often comes up on this show. Like it is yeah. important to take those breaks um, for us and listeners. Um, but even even from fandom sometimes, um, or at least certain parts of fandom, which has been hard for me but I haven't, I had to kind of stop myself and be like, you know what? You don't really want to watch this right now. So don't make yourself watch it just because it's Star Wars and you love Star Wars. So I haven't like, I'm not up to date on all the stuff. And that's a strange feeling for me. It can feel kind of disloyal or almost like it'll, it'll go away. If you don't support it, then it will go away. And I'm, I will get to that stuff, I'm sure. I just wasn't in the mood for it. I just wasn't in the mood for it right then. But that's been interesting for me. Uh, yeah, I think the kind of headcanon and fanon is getting much more difficult to <laughs> maintain, which is part of it. And a lot of projects that are coming out recently, I've heard quotes about them from the creators, and I'm like, well, that sounds like not a thing I would actually like, but okay. Um, <laughs> I'm sure one day I'll watch it. <laughs> I do want to say, if I had time, I had this really fun idea for a fan fiction with Yoda and Luke living together. Because they lived together in that they small do. hut. Right, on Dagobah for a long time, right? For six months. Yeah. In that tiny hut. And you know Yoda is a troll. Like, he yes. will mess with you. The entire time. Pranks. It'd be like a buddy comedy. I already wrote some of it, and it's very, very funny. Um, but I'm hoping that I can... <laughs> I really want to do that one day. And I do think, you know, I know some people can get really annoyed, and I understand, actually, 100%, uh, with things like May the 4th, and now there's May the 5th, like Revenge of the 5th, and just Star Wars nerds nerding out. But I do think, like, things like this are silly, but they matter, because it is, for so many people important in terms of uh, the storytelling and connecting to characters. Like I said, I used a lot of these characters to work through trauma. Like it, that's, that's part of it. That's part of why it's so important to me in finding that, that connection of people who will cheer in the movie theater, even though we've seen this movie like 500 times each and all those like, oh, there's the ice cream maker in the background. Like, you know, that kind of importance of, of fandom and that connection and, and you know, and, and fan fiction where you get to comment and, and share your love of something, I do think is really important and can be pretty sustaining, not for everybody, but for, for some people of having that thing that makes you happy that right. you can, like during dark times, you're like, you know what? <laughs> Here's my thing. And of course, we've talked about a million times, there is a dark side of fandom. Absolutely. And that's part of what I'm talking about is like recognizing that and not ignoring it because it's important not to ignore it, but to like step away from it. Like don't engage in it if it's just gonna 
make the fanboys ang- angrier and happy that they made you angry too. But yeah, this has been my kind of grab bag all over the place. Uh, Eve of May the 4th. I did want to read this message from Dina that we got because I do think it kind of showcases what I'm trying to say here. Um, so Dina went to Star Wars Celebration, which is their big uh, convention. It was in London this year. Dina wrote, how are you doing? Uh, how are you feeling about all of the Star Wars news? Wanted to send you a quick hi from London and send some photos. I truly had the time of my life at my first ever convention. Seriously, what comes after you go to celebration? Met so many awesome, friendly, kind people, and all they wanted to do was talk about Star Wars. Said a quick hello to Holly as well after her awesome Tales from the Galaxy's Edge panel. Did not expect to cry about a gazillion times. It was just so wonderful being with all these lovely nerds and talking about the things we all love. Shame you couldn't make it, but Japan sounds pretty incredible. So happy for fans in that region. Aww. Yeah. I mean, that's it. That's kind of the beauty of it, of what it can be. And the pictures were great. I was very jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Very great. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Dina, uh, for sending that update and also regularly sending Star Wars updates. I so much enjoy it. I will be talking about uh, future Star Wars projects uh, in our upcoming happy hour. But for now, may the force be with you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you <laughs> for going on this random journey with me. Uh, yes, if you have any Star Wars thoughts, uh, we would love to hear them about any and everything, clearly. <laughs> yes, all the things. All the things. Um, be on the lookout for what could be a pretty wild TikTok uh, of my Star Whoa. Wars cosplays. Um, but yes, yeah, so you can email us at stephaniedmomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Stuff One Never Told You. We're also on YouTube. We do have a book coming out. You can pre-order it at stuffyoushouldreadbooks.com. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina, our executive producer, Maya, our contributor, Joey. Thank you very much. Yes, and thanks to you for listening. Stuff One Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. 
Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.